Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend himself, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 116. Uh, there are two debuts to talk about in this week's podcast as we welcome Ozone and BBC London co-commentator Matt Hiscock to talk about the Aldershot game, as well as a new loan signing that has joined us. Uh, Plus, we've also got all the news and views from around the club. This will be the most comprehensive Leighton Orient roundup anywhere in the world. <laughs> Fact. And as always, we start with our friends over yeah. at the Supporters Club. Let's go. So coaches will be running to Barrow on Saturday, the 7th of October. They depart Brisbane Road at 7am for a 3pm kickoff. There is a flat fare for this one. The cost is only... £20 bargain. for all categories. Absolute um, bargain. There are two ways you can book for this. You can call uh, the travel line on 07722-135970 or you can book in the supporters club at any home game. A few more dates for you. Uh, the first one, Wednesday 4th of October, we are playing Tranmere away. The game is televised and the supporters club will be open. The kickoff is 7.45 and the doors to the supporters club open from half past five. It is free to get in. And non-members are also welcome. More info for you. Steve Jenkins is running another one of his famous trips to the song next June from the 21st <coughs> to the 24th. And if you want any more details on that, you can speak to Steve at any home game or you can email stevejenkins1881 at btinternet.com. Yeah. And the last supporters club uh, update for you is that Lee Daring is running a quiz in the supporters club on Sunday the 8th of October from 7pm. Teams consist of eight players and it's £8 per person. There's food included halfway through. And if anyone's interested, or if you know anyone who would be interested, let me know on Facebook or on Twitter. There is still space left for seven teams. And the Leighton Orient staff are the reigning champions and will be defending their crown. Uh, and also, we believe that Steve Davis uh, will be there uh, with team. his own team. So yeah. if you're not free on that date, get yourself down there. Sunday's 8th of October. Get quizzing. And good luck Absolutely. to you all. Absolutely. And all the money being raised will obviously go to the supporters club oh, and yes. who will then provide funds to the club as yes. per normal. So that is the supporters club. Um, get involved there. We also have an update uh, from the Leighton Orient Trust that goes as follows. Uh, it's quite a chunky one, which is uh, a real statement of intent of the great work that they're doing. So a massive thanks and well done to Dean Gibson and Aldersbrook School, along with Jed Nuttall of Grassroots Football Academy for organising the mascots who escorted all 22 players onto the pitch at the televised game against Hartlepool. It was an experience of a lifetime for those concerned and one hope one we hope they'll treasure, albeit the final result. We'd also like to thank Mark Gordon and the players at FC Red Wings in Billericay for utilising the 50-50 scheme and uh, banging in some great penalties against the very competitive Theo. Theo. Absolutely. On behalf of the club, Howard Gould was pleased to attend the 21st anniversary celebration at Branches. That's the night shelter for the homeless on Forest Road. That was last Wednesday evening. The charity were fundraising at the match versus Eastleigh. I would like uh, to thank the generous fans who donated £140 uh, at that game as well. Yeah, brilliant. And on Thursday evening, Sam Dolby was one of the guests of honour at the annual Norlington Boys School Awards held at Waltham Forest Civic Hall. 
It was his second successive year of going, and Sam presented the sports awards to each recipient per year group. And Michael Clark and James Dayton will be visiting the Leighton School later this month to chat to pupils about how football discipline helps with life skills, amongst other things. Uh, and in Eastside Community Heritage are looking for volunteers to chat about their memories covering the 80 years that Leighton Ryan have been playing in Leighton. So we've mentioned this before on the podcast. And if you'd like to share your thoughts on how football and life in general has changed during any of that period, then please contact office at ech.org.uk, quoting Leighton Orient, 80 years in Leighton. And finally, look out for booking details very, very soon regarding the next stadium tour that's going to be held on Thursday, the 26th of October, and will include a very special <laughs> guest, Tora. No cryptic clues as to who it might be, though. Very, very good. I wonder That's who, very, very good. I wonder, wonder. Who, who that might be. That is a really popular uh, event, so as soon as that is announced uh, by the Trust, make sure you get booked up. Yeah, that is going to sell out due to the cryptic identity of the mystery guest. Absolutely. So, a few other messages this week. A massive get well message to Simon Anderson, who's on Twitter, at Paddock Inspecto. Uh, we wish him well. He had a kidney transplant on Monday. Yeah. So, Simon, if wish you're listening, you well. we wish you well, and we hope you're enjoying your Scott Cuthbert shirt and your Jay Simpson shirt that you are in the regeneration fund. There you go. Hope to see you soon. Couple of quick shout outs. Saw Ryan Linden on Thursday. Good to see you, mate. Um, hope you're well. Uh, and also to uh, a really nice lad who's at my gym called Michael Bossman, who listened to his very first Orient Outlook podcast episode that was 115 last week. I was very complimentary about it. So, welcome if you are. Uh, and he's an Arsenal fan. And I know I have some friends who are Arsenal fans that listen. Richard listens to us and has been listening to, to us since episode one. So, Richard Sternberg. So, thank you if you are not an Orient fan first choice fan uh, thank you for listening to us amazing so let's go on to the week that was so Monday the 18th of September in mid-morning social media lights up when Orient's prodigal son Jabo Hire tweets a short video at the club titled Home people then wrongly assumed he was signing turns out he was involved in a behind the closed doors friendly against an Orient XI his current club, Cambridge. So we'll talk a bit about this friendly without going into too much detail. Yeah. So, so the Orient 11 side to face Cambridge lined up with Sergeant in goal, Judd, McLean, Clark and Stevenson across the back four, Ochang, Moncur, Barker and Ben Youssef um, across the midfield and Satoru and Dolby up front with substitutes uh, lining up with Perkins, uh, Camilo Tayaka, uh, Haxiu, Clayden and Sam Alderson on the bench there as well. Yeah, and at half-time uh, we were training 1-0 as Cambridge took the lead from the penalty spot in the 43rd minute. And in the second half, we equalised in the 55th minute Sam Dolby picked out the run of Satoru, who put the ball in the back of the net to make it one on Satoru, who's cropped up a lot in the youth team description. So well done to all for scoring and making it one all. Yeah, but the winner came in the 61st minute. Unfortunately, it went the way of Cambridge as the ball was bundled in from a corner and Cambridge uh, saw the game out as 2-1 winners. So that was a good run out uh, for the squad players there as well. Yeah, and then Tuesday, the 19th of September, the club put out a teammates video with David Mooney and Charlie Lee. So this is really good fun. Definitely one to watch if you get the chance. It'll be good to see the club at more of these out. It was really funny. Obviously, a great relationship really there between the two. Yeah. And for me, shots fired by them at Miles Judd, Jamie Sendles White and Michael Clark. And you could tell that... Um, you could tell that 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 had happened by the fact that um, Jamie and and Michael Clark were saying that we can do better than that. I like Jamie Sendles White. He's a bit of a... 
and Mickey Taker. So he's done the same with the Bond uh, Twitter takeover where he was winding him up. So be interesting to see how Sendles Wyatt handles it when he gets in the hot seat. So good stuff there, good banter from the squad, and again just shows that the team spirit is there uh, at the club at the moment. So yep. Wednesday, twenty for September, the Leighton Orient walking football team uh, beat Tottenham one nil to finish in third place in the Walking Football Festival in Holland, and that is a superb achievement, and we should all be proud of those boys, well those men, uh, and well done to all involved. I know the trust been very heavily behind that. Uh, and on the Tuesday the uh, team got through the group stages uh, and beat Tottenham 1-0 to finish third so a massive kudos and walking football again to put on by the trust so if you've got any questions about that you can get in contact with Howard or anyone at the trust if you want to participate in walking football absolutely get fit uh, as well Thursday the 21st of September then out of nowhere at half past three the club announced the loan signing of left winger James Brophy from Swindon Town for three months. So welcome to the club, James. Look forward to seeing what you can do. What are your thoughts on Yeah, on I that? mean, for me, I don't know much about uh, James Brophy, but good to see more strength added to the squad. Obviously, the Swindon connection through Ling uh, and Ross Embleton, which is great. He offers us a different option. Uh, he can play left-back or left-midfield. Over 60 appearances for Swindon, and I think he's had six appearances in League 2 this season. So quite happy to get him. He's obviously capable of playing at a higher level, so good addition to the squad. See how he gets on. Yeah, you? the only thing I know, no, pretty much the same as you. But so when I looked into him, he's come from non-league. Edgware. I think. Um, Edgware Town, yeah. And I think one other, which is a fair bit below us. So it's obviously a big step up for him to go to Swindon. So, you know, giving uh, giving him the option to come to us, I think is, is probably quite an attractive yeah. um, stage of his career. And he's 23 years old. Um, good age. So d- decent age. Uh, and like you say, he's played League Two this season already. So don't know why he's not getting in the team there. But he played. Um, he played thirty-three. I think thirty-three games last in League season. One last season. Did he? For Swindon, obviously got relegated last season. So yeah. interesting. He's, he's done all right. He's done all right. He's played yeah roughly thirty games each season and started this season for him. So see how he gets on. And moving on to Friday, twenty-second of September. Obviously another Mooney Friday, as we love David Mooney uh, at ten a.m. Uh, busy day for the club actually. Ten a.m. The club announced a third kit. All white, uh, and that will be worn in the game against all the shot. Big reveal there. It's a nice video that the club put out. So, well done to Charlie and Elliot and everyone at that video. Bit of a different kind of reveal there. Your thoughts on the kit? Uh, I like it actually. I went and bought the away kit, not realizing there was going to be a third kit. So, I bought the away <laughs> kit and just because I like the more prominence of the colors, the two tone colors. Stands out. Um, but now I'm going to have to shell out another 45 quid for this one because I, like I, I actually really like the white. I actually quite like the white one. I think it's really smart. It does look good. It looks good for me. Some people can wear V-necks and pull it off, and I can't. So I disagree. No, I think well, you'd be fine in a V-neck. I think you're very complimentary. But it's not that. V, it's not that V no, like T-shirt that comes v. down in between your, your your chest sort of thing. It's just a little one around the neck. Yeah, around no, the throat. Don't suit me those ones. But okay. kit looks nice. I do like it. It's nice to have a, a different colour third kit. Obviously, it's been black for the last couple of How seasons. How many times are we going to wear that this season, though? Probably more than what you realise. I'm sure they'll throw it in yeah, three or four. Daggerman Dagger Bridge as well. I'm sure we're right against the daggers. Mm. To be fair, I don't know enough about some of the non-league teams about their colours. Though, so yeah, but a good little addition there to the kit. So that was that. And then later yep. in the afternoon, the club announced that George Elakobi will undergo an operation to repair his torn hamstring muscle. And following the operation, George will be out for around three to four months. So obviously, we wish George a speedy recovery and. We've already seen that he's been a big miss in the three, four weeks since he's been out and hopefully he'll be back on that pitch sooner rather than later. I would say come back bigger and stronger, but that wouldn't be feasible really. He'd look like Adibar, <laughs> wouldn't he? Um, I'm, I'm a bit curious as to why this has happened 
Like he's been out for what two weeks now. I presume a scan has shown up worse damage than what was originally anticipated. So why, but guess. why has that taken two weeks? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how, I'm not criticising. I'm just curious as to understand why this wasn't arrived at, like literally within days after him having that. Te- having that, maybe yeah. it's just they thought they'd see if it fixed itself, Possibly. and obviously maybe it hasn't. Okay. Yeah. Ahead of the Aldershot game, though, Steve Davis spoke to George Sessions and said Aldershot will be a really hard game. We've got to perform very well to get a result there and turn around the form we are in. I say form, but I do think it's more results rather than the performances which are letting us down because we are actually playing okay. But we need to turn that into results uh, now and we do know it will be tough on Saturday. So pulling no punches there. Yeah, um, it's, like it. It is a difficult challenge. So moving on to Saturday 23rd of September. And we haven't actually said this, but we're actually recording on the evening of the Saturday 23rd of September, which is a bit unusual for us, but yeah. the wives are out. So the Outlook boys are out on the Raz doing a podcast. We are so living the dream. It's currently two past ten. So we are recording on the Saturday night. So starting off by saying happy 20th birthday to Sam Sargent, who's probably out on the Raz himself, yeah. uh, being only 20. But yeah, obviously. probably not sure if he's in faces or or, or some sort of swanky <laughs> bar somewhere. But not too hardcore tonight, Sam. Big big training in the morning. Yeah, exactly. The under-18s, unfortunately, lost 2-0 at home uh, to Northampton uh, this morning as well, Yeah, fortunately. And that least leaves the first team in action who faced Aldershot away. So Aldershot currently leading the National League at the time of this match. The team announced uh, in goal. Granger, no surprises. Defence of Caprice, Coulson, Sandals-White and Wooderson. In midfield, Lawless, Clay, Dayton, and a new loan sign in Brophy. And then McEnough and Bond up top. Subs with Sargent, the birthday boy, Happy, Otching, Romy Bocco, and Sam Dolby. Yep, three changes to the 11 who started against Hartlepool as Josh Coulson comes in uh, for Dan Hatt, who drops to the bench. James Dayton comes in for Josh Caroma, and James Brophy gets a debut, replacing David Mooney in the starting lineup, who was injured last week. And for me, I was really pleasantly surprised to see Coulson back. Yeah. Happy for me, bit unlucky to be dropped as he did well last week, didn't really put a foot wrong. Young, big, strong boy. Yeah. Uh, Brophy got his, gets his first start, and I assume McEnough will be given the free roll behind Bond. All also good to see James Dayton back in the squad. Um, looks like a decent attacking side for me, yeah. and, and sort of all credit to the medical staff for getting the the injured boys back as as quickly as is possible, and obviously for Martin Ling for getting the uh, the depth of our squad. Yeah, good point there for me. Great to have Corson back, like you said, in the lineup. Good to see Clay <laughs> uh, and Dayton back in the lineup as well. Obviously, Clay came off the last game with a an injury. Dayton's been out for a couple of weeks. With Brophy starting again, we've got two decent wide players and McEnough. Gets to go down the middle, obviously, being our best player, I would say, in the last two weeks. Obviously, Three, one yeah. hero of the week last week for his performance. So, for me, that is a very strong starting eleven. All that's missing, people like Alicobi, Mooney, um, and a few others. Charlie so, Lee. Charlie Lee, exactly. So, still very strong. So, again, good strength, de- uh, good strength in depth. Strength in depth, if I can speak. Uh, a few tweets came into us that we'll mention about the sides. So, Ian... Mane, Rene John says, McEnough in the middle. Very pleased with that. Matty, LOFC, Evans said, better than expected. Surprise Davis is possibly going 4-5-1. Untested. Yeah, late and underscore. He says, happy unlucky. Was far better than JSW last week. Been preaching for the last two weeks to get McEnough off the wing and into the middle. Yeah, Vince Howard, 73, said, liking McEnough playing off Bond should give us more creativity and having Dayton and Coulson back is a real bonus. Yeah, so as Paul mentioned in his introduction, that we are delighted uh, to have Matt Hiscock here talking to us about the Aldershot game today. We weren't able to go to the game. We've seen no action from it, obviously, being as this is recorded on a Saturday night. 
And here is what Matt's had to say on the Aldershot Games. Hope you enjoy this. This is Matt Hiscock. Now we're absolutely delighted on a very, very long overdue invitation to welcome to this week's podcast joint voice, very underrated joint voice of uh, Ozone uh, alongside Dave Victor every single week is, is Matt Hiscox. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming Good on. Chat. Um, so um, those were our thoughts on, on and, and sort of fan views on the team. What, what were your thoughts on the team? Yeah, it was interesting, man, wasn't it? You look and uh, I think the first first name that I spotted was absent from from the lineup was Josh Cromer, and Steve Davis said after the game that he picked up a shoulder injury uh, during the week in training. But um, as always, when when you lose players for injuries, we look at the likes of Ella Kobe, Mooney, of course, Charlie Lee. These are opportunities for other players to come in. So it was good to see James Brophy get a start. Um, you always like to see a lone player comes in, particularly when you've lost three games on the on the spin. You're looking for changes in the lineup, and, and Steve Davis um, today did change it. He played a, a, a different formation with JB McEnough just playing in behind McCauley Bon as a, as a number ten. Mm-hmm. So it was a different different formation. Um, a couple of changes. Dan Happy um, dropped to the bench, um, which which I think was just a result of Josh Corson. Um, coming back into the team It was interesting Listening to Steve Davis In the build up He said that uh, I think the medical team had, had suggested to him That Corson may need Another week But, but Corson said to him No 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 I want to play um, Whether that was The right thing to do I guess I mean looking hindsight now Because he came off injured Towards the end um, And he, he did struggle Second half I think it might be A recurrence But um, But yeah So it was It was an interesting Interesting lineup, Interesting changes um, and and okay, as as always, you, you send the team out full of good intentions, and, and within twenty minutes you're two 0 down, so it all goes out the window. <laughs> yeah, but interestingly, we're wearing our brand new third kit uh, for the first time this season, and we spoke just before we start recording. Quite like it. We look we look quite good in that. Yeah, we did. I thought, I thought it was a, a nice nice trip. That I think the uh, I don't know whose whose idea that was the commercial department or the the new owners, but. Um, no surprise they, they've released it after, um, obviously, the start of the season because I think people that may have um, looked to buy the away strip, the blue strip, may have kind of been torn between the two. But I think you bring out the third kit and uh, a lot of supporters will think, yeah, go on, I'll, I'll take that for Christmas or something like that. So, that yeah, it was mean. a nice nice strip. Um, I think I mentioned before we came on, I think we had a similar strip a couple of years ago when we had the FA Cup run. I think Alfreton might have been the first game we wore it, but uh, I think that was sponsored by um, a national newspaper, shall I say. I don't want to give any free advertising, <laughs> mate. But, um, yeah, so, no, it was, it's a kit. I think with all kits, you, you just try and remember successful ones, don't you? I think for me, it was... Um, when I was growing up, the uh, the Croatia kit, as it was called, yeah. uh, the red and white squares. I think if the team's successful in it, everyone loves that kit. Absolutely, and hopefully, well, we've got. Uh, we, we'll come on to the to the game now, actually. But uh, we're unbeaten in in this in this white kit, as uh, uh, as people will find out uh, in just a moment. So we're only eight minutes uh, into the match. You mentioned sort of twenty with with conceded two, but we fell behind. The ball rolled to Chad Alexander, drilled it home from one nil. And I was listening to you guys on on Ozone. That sounded a lot easier um, than what it should have been. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think you look back on it, I, look, I know they've got the uh, analytical team in there, Nick Gearing does a lot of work there, and they look back at all the goals conceded. I think they, they call it the Staff Tuesday, where they, they the management team sit down and, and really do some deep dive analysis. But I think when they look back on, on Tuesday, um, I think they'll, they'll be pretty disappointed the way the goal came around because unfortunately the full back just wasn't closed down quick enough. Um, it was Joe Whitteson's side of the pitch um, and Jamie Sandals white was, was stood alongside him and uh, they just both backed off and, and invited the, the full back to take the shot on and he, he took full advantage. He was a decent striker, I have to say. Um, one or two questions around me um, from people said, "Oh, could, could Charlie Granger have got there?" But I think, if I'm honest with you, I think it was a, a good strike, and that that was always going to end up in the back of the net. But again, just frustration from a defensive point of view that that the O's invited um, the player to take on the opportunity, and, and no one really uh, put in a tackle. Okay, so uh, we're one nil down with eight minutes on the clock. Then Charlie Granger's called into action just two minutes later. He saves a shot uh, from from Kellerman, and then in the fifteenth minute, Matt McClure heads wide from a corner at the back post, and that really should have been two nil up within fifteen. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, I have to say, for the for the first thirty five minutes of the game. We were absolutely battered. Um, I don't think anyone could, could deny that. It was just one-way traffic, or it was just camped in the half. Um, all the shot came out and were um, playing with a with a high tempo, and pressing Orient every time they lost the ball, and, and Orient were unfortunately just sucked in um, to their final third, and, and all the shot really did make them pay um, not so long after. Yeah, um, a few comments that we've made on the podcast in previous times. Do you think teams are scouting us and tar- actively targeting Joe Widdison, or do you think? Uh, I, I said that I thought at one point that it was just that they were stronger on their right, but obviously as the as the season goes on and scouting is more prevalent and and, and reports are more available, do you think I'm right in, or we're right in saying that you know they're actively targeting Joe Widdison? difficult one to call because uh, I don't think I think teams obviously look and they do their preparation um, on on how they feel they can explore and it was quite interesting after the uh, going back to the dreaded Bromley fixture I spoke to Alan Dunn after the game Um, of course he's he's still uh, he's assistant coach at Bromley and he was saying that when they do their analysis and they look to a lot of the games of last season, where the goals are scored in this division, there's a high percentage that are scored from set pieces. Um, and I think that, that would be more of the target from, for more in particular in recent weeks. I think it would be hard to say that they're targeting one individual. But to put an, another slant on it, it was quite interesting how many times the fullback. Um, of all the shot was just making 40, 50 yard diagonal balls into the channel that Joe Widdison was defending and I think I think Joe Widdison would, would stand up and, and say he, he didn't have the best 45 minutes out there um, in the first half and there was quite a few others in his in his, um, in his dressing room who could have also said the same thing um, I think they had a player on the right hand side, Jim Kellerman who tried to, to punish the O's, um, and he was he was on top of his game, particularly the first half hour. And I think it's one of those situations, really, when you've got a player who's on top of his game, like Kellerman was, and you've got a fullback out there who was struggling somewhat. Then you just keep on feeding that player and keep on hoping he's going to deliver balls into the final third, and and that's what happened. So. Um, 
I, I think, as I say, I think it, it, it'd probably be difficult to say they targeted him as an individual, but they may have looked at goals and, and where they come from in recent weeks, and, and that may have been in their game plan, who knows? And in speaking of goals, things went from bad to worse in the 21st minute as all the shot made it 2-0. As Matt McClure beat Jamie Silver's white in defence far too easily, really, and fires the ball into the net and put all the shot two goals up. Yeah, again, it's a frustration, isn't it? Because we, we seem to be uh, last few weeks sort of saying we, we're not playing, um, we're not playing 90 minutes, and I think whatever whatever level you're playing, whether it's Premier League, National League or Sunday League if, you, if you're going to win a game of football then you need to perform for longer than 45 minutes and, and it felt in this game that at least for the first 35 that we'd gifted the, oppor- um, the opportunity to, to the home side and, and all the shot made and pay again this was a, a long ball forward and, and, and Jamie Sendler's right I think when he looks back on it uh, he, he had a protest at the time but it was a, a 50-50 ball and I think the problem started for him I think he got caught in a, in a, in a bad position where he was he was turning and uh, Matt McClure really just 50-50 um, just won that battle and, and uh, again Sandals White went tumbling to the ground and Matt McClure when you when you get an invitation like he did he did what every striker or every good striker should do and, and punish you um, and then you're looking at that position 2-0 20 minutes boy you take a point and uh, fortunately Orient did get that lifeline and we've, we've managed to, to get something out of the game but not, but not before the 29th minute when James Rowe curled a free kick over the wall. But it, fortunately for us, went into the side net. And was, was Charlie Granger beaten at that point? Um, Do you remember? If, if, if Charlie Granger's on this uh, on this interview, Charlie Granger tells you he had it covered. But I must be honest with you, my, my heart was in my mouth when that got up and over the wall. It was one of those where you think, if he gets it up and over it's probably going to end up in the back of the net because it was in a central position and he had the whip on it. I think in the end he actually had too much whip on it. Um, but again, side netting at that stage and you're thinking, gee, 2-0 down, could have been three, this is going to be a long afternoon. A fair play to Granger. He made a great save in the 35th minute uh, from Rowe at the far post following the Kellerman cross. So Granger keeping us in it at that point. Yeah, and as it turns out, I mean, it was a big save in the game um, because you're absolutely right at 3-0 and then I think the game is dead and buried. But um, it was a big big hand, again, across from Joe Widdison's side of the pitch, um, Kellerman whipping the ball in, um, unmarked at the back post. But it was a strong hand from from Charlie Granger um, and I remember the resultant corner from that. Um, it was it was like ping pong in the Orient penalty area. The ball just we just couldn't clear our lines, and again it, it, we, a lucky deflection just went wide of the goal. And again you just breathe in a sigh of relief and thinking how long till the half time whistle. But um, it's incredible how a game of football can change. Yeah, absolutely. And in the 38th minute, Joby McEnough crossed to Clay at the far post, um, but his header got parried behind. Golden chance for us, you'd argue. Yeah, there were there were a couple of chances. Um, I think at that stage in the game, though, I think the O's were just pleased to get out of their half because I, I can't really demonstrate how how much of a one-sided affair it was up until this moment in the game. We were being absolutely battered, and um, I know you you both have seen games over the years where you think this is one-way traffic, but at that moment in time, I was thinking just get in the dressing room at two 0 and. You may have half a chance if you can nick one early second half, but as it turned out, or it just dug in. Um, and I think that's that's an area Steve Davis will be pleased with what he's seen today. That or it managed to dig in. Of course, go back to Granger making a big save, but they did get that lifeline. 
Yeah, that was just a minute later. The same combination again, McEnough and Clay. As McEnough put a ball into the back post and Clay heads it in uh, and made it 2-1 to give us some hope. How, how, life. how good was that? Oh, it was fantastic at the time because you're just thinking, I mean, obviously where all the shots on old ground, um, you've got stands that um, is right on top of the, on the surface. But it was a good atmosphere, and if you're a Golder Shot fan, it was a cracking atmosphere at that stage. But it just absolutely stunned them. I mean, they couldn't believe um, Orient had pulled a goal back. Um, and it was quite interesting. Before the free kick was taken, their manager, Gary Waddup, was absolutely screaming at the fullback, Shay Alexander, to get across because Craig Clay was just totally unmarked at the back post. I mean, it was baffling. Um, and he was screaming at the fullback, and they just left Craig Clay. So McEnough just put the ball into the right area, and Craig Clay had a straightforward header. And then from that moment, you're thinking, what a result! Amazing. It's, and it's about time that we actually had a bit of luck and, and punished someone for making a mistake. So, uh, so that was good. But yep, and in one minute stoppage time was played in the end of the first half, and we were finishing strongly. Um, and then McEnough put in another free kick, which just misses Colson, but ended up hitting the post. And then Bond got his header in from that uh, and saw his header, some say, superbly saved by their keeper, Cole. So really unlucky not to go in level terms after being outplayed, like you said, for 35 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And then a very strong end to the half. We go in trailing 2-1. It could have been 3-0. It could have been 2-all. Quite an end to the half. And it's at that point you probably think, actually, we could do an extra couple of minutes here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, again, it's incredible the way a game of football can change and, and what a goal bring. But um, immediately after putting one back from that free kick, um, I have to say, again, it was a, it was a wonderful flight. free kick from Jody McEnough. And um, to be fair to him, he's had a couple of set pieces today. The first one we've, we've scored from, and the second one he's hit the woodwork. And um, I know he's had, he had a bit of stick, to be fair, early on in the season. There was a, a lot of fans saying we've not been doing enough with these set pieces, but today we really did make them count. But um, just a word on that on that second one, the one that hit the woodwork, Macaulay Bond, he really should have scored, if I'm honest with you guys, because the ball just bounced back in the six-yard area. I, I'm not sure if he was slow to react, but again, he was unmarked. And it, again, it's one of those where you just think he's got to throw his body at it, be brave, stick your head in there where it hurts and, and it'll get in the back of the net. But he, he didn't really do that and uh, the keepers stopped the ball going in. But really, it should have been 2-2. Yeah, well, okay. Second half then kicked off. No change at half time for the O's, and we came out with a bit of vigour. 47th minute, Clay plays the ball into Brophy, who took a start before shooting over the bar. Then in the 49th minute, Brophy's cross, which was just too high for Bond. So it seemed like a good start to the second half, and Brophy was getting himself involved quite a bit. Absolutely. It was a totally different team, second half. Um, I don't know what was said by Steve Davis, but um, the players certainly came out a, a totally different uh, style um, it just looked as though they was I think whether it was all the shots stunned by what had happened a few minutes before half time and, and they just uh, I don't know where they fell away um, or Orient were just invigorated by getting that goal um, but Orient were a much better team and they, they came out and you could see straight away they started winning the balls in the middle of the park Craig Clay Alex Lawless winning that second second ball and, and, and trying to feed um, down the flanks to, to try and get things created and, and trying to play through Jamie McEnough but yeah absolutely Orient, Orient came out second half uh, all guns blazing 
but Aldershot also had a bit of pressure, put a bit of pressure on us um, in in that in the first sort of uh, sort of fifteen minutes. But in the 59th minute, Jake Caprice cut back for James uh, for Dayton, sorry, who curled wide. Um, but um, we've made a note here that George Sessions was uh, sort of commenting that uh, Lawless was driving the team forward and leading by example um, as captain, which I think fits in or uh, fits what in nicely saying, with what yeah. you you were just saying there. And yeah. then, sorry, Matt, go on. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, it's quite interesting watch, when you watch Alex Lawless and, and Craig Clay. For me, um, I think Alex Lawless is one of those players who perhaps is a bit more conservative in terms of the way he, he plays in midfield. He's quite happy to sit in front of the, the, the back four and try and pick up that second ball. Whereas I think Craig Clay has got a bit more vision about him. He's, he's looking to drive you forward. And we certainly saw that in the second half and it started working because in the first half... Um, Aldershot had a, a holding player I think it was Manny Oyeliki big guy middle of the park and he was winning everything but second half Lawless and Clay started winning those tackles started driving Orient forward and it, it actually turned out as though it was a, a more open game but Orient was certainly the better of the two and you always felt if, uh, if, if they got half a chance or it, they would put it away Absolutely and in the 69th minute McDonald has a shot for Aldershot which was parried away by Granger and at this point I was thinking come on Steve make some subs come on let's see what, what, what you can do and in the 72nd minute no longer than I thought that Roma Boko came on for James Dayton Dayton done right today Matt obviously he's been injured for a couple of weeks I think he seemed to have done okay yeah he, he, he was quiet if I'm honest with you um, I really like James Dayton um, I know again you, you listen to the, the meet the manager night I think Steve Davis commented didn't he on uh, I think Martin Ling and him both agreed that Craig Clay would be the player of the season I, I must be honest with you I like what I see from James Dayton I think if Dayton's on his game he's a much better player than, than uh, this level but um, again returning from injury um, was he sharp I've seen him sharper um, he had a quiet afternoon there was one or two opportunities for him I think the best effort in the second half where he just cut inside as we see him so often do he tried to bend it in the top corner with the left foot but he, he couldn't quite execute it but um, yeah I think Dayton's a key player for us I really do I think if, if we are to go on and have a good season I think James Dayton's going to be at the heart of a lot of uh, the forward attacking play Excellent. Seventy-fourth um, minute, though, all the shots started to try and make a well, not started, but they tried to make a comeback into the game. McDonald hits a low shot just wide, um, and then really the game should have been over in the seventy-seventh as Kellerman uh, was at the back post, but he headed over from from just six yards out. So a huge let off for us. He probably should have done better there. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this was this was in a period of the game where Orient had really dominated and got on top of possession. And you were looking at it and thinking mm, there's an equaliser in this. And then all of a sudden, a moment Orient just basically got caught at the back post. Uh, mm. Jake Caprice, I think, had got caught upfield. And Kellerman really should have put the game to bed. It was a simple head. I mean, um, <laughs> perhaps it wasn't uh, as as bad as the the miss we saw from Matty Harold the other night. But having said that. Um, it was a it was a header we should have scored from, and they didn't score. But just five minutes later, we mentioned equalisers. Eighty second minute, Romy Boko, the substitute, only been on the pitch for ten minutes, sends the away fans into a frenzy. So he made it two all, following a mix up in the order shot defence. Tell us about that goal, Matt. Well, it was interesting because Warren had had a lot of uh, patient build up. They were trying to make things happen from midfield, but this just came about from a long ball forward. If I'm honest with you guys, it was a route long one. ball forward, route one stuff. Um, should have been 
attacked by the by the defender. He let the ball bounce, and we've seen so many times if you let the ball bounce, you're in a dangerous position. Keeper came racing out, and uh, I have to I have to give credit to Romy Bocco because. Um, he hadn't really had too much in terms of touches of the ball up until that point. But you're in that situation, um, and he was probably the, the man with the coolest head out there, just rounded the keeper and slide it home. And to be fair, that's probably not the first time we've seen him do that. Uh, if you remember the, the second goal at home yeah. against Maidstone yeah. early on, um, again, he'd come onto the pitch, a situation where, again, he, he finished it coolly. So fair play to, to Romy Bocco and uh, full credit to him. Do you think, I mean, we see him start and potentially really not do as well. He, he, he seems to have more impact coming on as a sub. Yeah, I couldn't disagree with that. Um, I, I think a player of his age and experience, I think there's going to, he's one of those players, he's not going to perform every week. I, I, I just don't think you're going to see games um, that suit Romy Bocco at this level, particularly when you're playing teams that are physical and direct. And uh, we saw against Halifax, uh, he's a player who wants to be playing football in their half. He's not really keen on coming back, helping the fullback defending, tackling. You want to see Romy Bocco, as you'd expect, as, a, as an attacking player. You want to see him attacking for you, but I think sometimes there's going to be games this season where we are going to need to dig in, like this afternoon, um, and perhaps those occasions aren't going to suit him, but what an asset to come off the bench, and if he can finish as coolly as he did today, then I think that's not a bad little asset to have. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more there. So, obviously, last 10 minutes now, we're back in the game at two. We're thinking, please don't blow at Orient. And you're thinking, come on, let's try and get a third. And in the 84th minute, Dan Happ comes on for Josh Colson. Colson done well to guess the last 84 minutes. 88th minute, McCauley Bond gets booked. And then there's five minutes of additional time awarded. And then in the 90 plus three minutes, uh, we had a chance. McEnough, uh, his cross is controlled by Bond, but the forward unfortunately saw his shot blocked uh, and cleared for a corner. Um, thoughts on that one, Matt? Yeah, again, at this stage of the game, you're thinking there's there's only going to be one winner now. And you look at the ball go up, uh, it was five minimum of five minutes additional time. Um, and you thought we can go on and nip this now um, and, and there was certainly only going to be one winner at that stage um, and we had the header cleared off the line um, it was to be fair the, the guy who got the goal for them um, Shay Alexander who blocked the header I think it was Dan Happ I did see one or two reports say it was Craig Clay but I'm sure it was Dan Happy um, with, with the header at the back post and um, again you just think well okay look at the situation overall we were 2-0 down after 20 minutes we've come back into the game we've got a point out of it um, I think we would have all taken that yeah I was just going to ask you to summarise the game at the full time whistle but I think you've actually summarised it there absolutely perfectly so Matt thank you for making your Orient Outlook podcast debut long awaited and we can't wait for many more appearances from you so that was um, Matt Hiscox who co-commentates with Dave Victor for BBC London and for uh, Ozone giving us his uh, views on that. So thanks again, Matt, for for giving up uh, your time to to come and have a chat with us. Great to have you on and no doubt have you back on uh, very, very soon. So moving on then, Steve Davis said post-match that Aldershot definitely targeted the left side of the pitch. They put in a lot of diagonal balls into that area and they, referring to Jamie Sendles, White and Joe Woodison, they couldn't cope. But they did cope with it admirably after half-time when we had spoken about it. We just didn't come out and start. We talked about the things we wanted to do and we did 
couldn't do them. We couldn't get around them or work out what they were trying to do and they had a plan and it worked better than us. Yep, Steve then went on to say, we changed the plan and Ross was very keen on looking at what we could do and we spoke about it and felt it was the right way to go to get players closer to them. How did we drop in the first half? Didn't help because we dropped very deep and invited balls forward and we didn't deal with it. We deservedly went two down but we clawed our way back from a set piece with a great free kick and header and the game then changed. The last 10 minutes after the goal was exceptional and we carried that on in the second half and the players had to work extremely hard to get something from the game and they showed great character. So that's what Steve said after the match. He also told Dave Victor that Josh Carome had injured his shoulder in training and that he also hopes to bring in one or two on loan before next Saturday and also hopes to have two or three back from injury. So yeah, I'm not sure that Josh Coulson will be one of those because no. he, he got taken off again with his groin yeah, um, I, I guess we'll up. see. Yeah. We, it looks like it could be a different lineup again next, next Saturday. Week. So yeah. that meant the league table. We are now 13th, having played 12, won 5, drawn 2, and lost 5 with a goal difference of minus 3, and we are on 17 points. So Sutton took top spot today from Aldershot. Yep. We're free to win over Barrow. So Sutton are now on 22 points. So we are 3 points off the playoff places, which is the top 7. We're 5 points off top spot, but every week it's changing the top half is so congested the win next Saturday gives you a completely different outlook on the table so or as Steve said in one of the other to BBC London he said you know you get go on a little run a cheeky little run and all of a sudden you're up there and you've built a little oh, gap you went, yourself you went, and everyone's turning everyone over you so. went down next two or three and it's a completely different complexion yeah. so the table although not great at the moment could easily be very different next Saturday so your views on the match Mr Levy yeah um, short and sweet really for me this week would have taken a point before the start of this game so to have gone 2-0 down and come back to draw 2 all for me is brilliant unlucky with the last ditch clearance off the line to deny us all three points but it's one of those where we could have been 3-0 at half time yeah. or we could have won that 4-2 yeah. um, yeah. it, it was really you know really that type of game disappointed obviously with the goals that all the shots scored um, having seen them back um, and you've just put that that tweet out while um, while well, we were listening yep. back to Matt there um, you know weak goals really um, could have done should have done better we seem to be a little bit frail um, at times and teams seem to have scouted us and seem to be targeting our left hand side which as we said to Matt before you know we've commented on that um, in the past sounded like Coulson wasn't really 100% so perhaps ha- uh, Happy sorry, um, should have started until Coulson is a hundred percent ready um, for me. I wouldn't be liking. To, I wouldn't be looking to take risks. Yeah. With pit players come, rushing them back from injury too soon. Yeah. Um, I think Dayton was due to start last week, but didn't want to rush it, so he's back in this week. Yeah. For, for me, you. yeah, a great point under the circumstances. I think the first half sounded like we were all over the place defensively, uh, but once we pulled a goal back, always had the feeling we might snatch a draw. Like for Bocco, it was him who got the equaliser. You know, he had a tough couple of weeks. Yeah, agree. Missed a few sitters against Halifax. A good to see him back on the score sheet. Must be, you know, do his confidence the world a good. And we were unlucky not to win it. Um, but you could say a draw was probably a fair result, one that we all probably would have taken before kickoff. So we'd accept that. And, you know, for me, the result shows the team spirit and the team fighting for Steve Davis. And it would also be great for morale. And hopefully we can take that performance from the second half into the game next week exactly uh, against Fars. so those were exactly. our views and your views so before we start mentioning uh, our view, your views it is worth mentioning you know to keep the podcast balanced and to give everyone a voice which you know we're very proud of on this podcast we read as many tweets as we can that come into our own outlook after a match and we might not necessarily agree, agree with a viewpoint but 
we'll always try and mention it to get everybody's view across. And also to spark debate and discussion amongst Absolutely. fans as well, because not everybody has the same view. Absolutely. So, at Football CJW tweeted us and said, good comeback, but the game is 90 minutes, and this is another match where we've only played for 45. Yeah, good point. And Richie J. Bourne is a good comeback, but the first half hour was really poor, but we showed a lot more fight in the second half. Joe underscore Pavic showed some true fight to get back level, but we need Ella Kobe back ASAP. A leader at the back is needed. Happily take a draw. And obviously, as we know, George is going to be out for about three to four months now, so I won't see him back this yeah, year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if one or the two players that Steve Davis was talking about think. getting on loan is a centre-back, you'd presume. Once probably high up on his list at Gorillas 1985. This is the first time we got points in a game after being 2-0 down. McEnough is fast becoming our best player at the moment. Another great game by him. Yeah, right. McEnough went through the middle. Seemed yep. like he put in some very good free kicks and obviously got an assist from uh, yep. Craig Clay's goal. People are very quick to criticise JB when he has an off day, but you don't hear a lot of praise for him when he has a good day. Well done, JB. Uh, amongst them, a few that do yeah. praise him that can see it slightly balanced, but interesting. Uh, so well done, Gorillas. Um, Robin Saunders, 65, says, A credible draw. Poor first 40, 40 minutes, but much improved second half. Excellent fight back. Frustrating that we again gave away silly goals. Yeah, El Coado. So showed a lot of character to come back from 2-0 down away from home. If we can sort out our defensive lapses, we should move up the table. Yeah, good good point there. I can agree with you more on that one. Paul, we underscore UK. Considering how poor we've started, fair play to them for pulling it back. Could have snatched yeah, it. Yeah, a record blew up. So it's a good second half performance. Good to see some fight. 26 looked very good. Who's obviously the new uh, loan signing, whose name I've forgotten. Uh, Brophy, James Brophy. <laughs> Bont and McEnough also had decent games. Very pleased with that. Excuse me. Yeah, Jack Coates, 14. Great fight back from the lads. Defensive is shaky. Need to bring in a centre-back and a left-back. We're going to miss Elikobi more than I thought. Feel com- uncomfortable with the defence, but hopefully they get better. Need a couple more loans. Yeah, London, Gary W. Says, glad we got a point against a very tough side. Well, I was surprised that Happy wasn't on from the start, though, so kind of echoing what you said about, you know, not missing yep. Coulson. Was the, you know... Maybe that wasn't the correct decision to do that today. Yeah, only only time will tell though. Jimbo1404 would like to see the goals again. Both came down our left-hand side and see who was at fault. Fair result as they missed a sitter two minutes earlier. David Barrett 6 says we could have won it, although the shots missed an easy header in the second half. Phil though, we are too slow and ponderous, especially in the midfield. We noticed that last week as well, didn't we? Quite a lot of um, comments coming in about that. Less today, but, but, but still a few. Bradley Ackers, 95, said, good comeback today. think it's, it's brought the manager some time, but we need to get back to winning ways. And for me, this, I honestly can't believe that people are really thinking that sacking the manager at this stage of the season, given the lack of stability in the previous seasons that we've had, is actually the correct thing to do. I mean, it just it despairs me, really. Have people forgotten that we've had about a dozen managers and two relegations in the past three years? And the two stats, they're not a coincidence. From talking to uh, Nigel and Ken and from the meet the owners and from having them on the podcast yeah. you can tell they're not they're not reactive owners so they're not going to tr- trick fire a manager after you know no wins in four that's not the way this ball is going to work and I think that's probably uh, a commitment um, to those guys because you know we've not been run correctly uh, in the last couple of years and Ken and Nigel I'd, I'd be amazed if you know I, I had somebody text me today saying oh Davis isn't the right man and I said there's no way Davis, they're gonna get rid of Davis because you know they've been saying stability, 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 and they'll keep it at that. And they 
when Davis has been appointed and you've got to think that's that's the right thing to do, keep keep faith in him. Hundred percent, absolutely. You have to remember that we've had a difficult start to the season, that we've now got nine players out injured. We've brought one loney uh, in, as it's been mentioned earlier, we've got another couple coming in. Unfortunately, it's a little bit of a, a shaky spell, but we've got to be positive about it because we're not in a bad position. Yeah, like it. Yeah. Like it. At Orient Fan TV says at two 0 down, I thought the worst, but what a comeback. Could have won at the end too. Granger, man of the match for me. Well done, Charlie Granger. Gets again was being criticised today, having signal goals while we're recording. I, mm. I don't know what Granger could could be doing differently for those two goals. They're just good goals. He's just, just getting beaten by. Remember, teams are stepping up. All the shot are a decent side anyway. They were top of the table. They're not there by mistake. You know, teams are going to step up against a big club like us, yeah. and they're going to play out of their skin. Of so. Some of them, it's like their cup final. And just to sort of. Um, in addition to what we were saying before, we're not happy clappy, we're not naively thinking that we're amazing and, and everything's going to be wonderful and we live in a sort of nice fluffy world. It's not like that. It's just about being a little bit sensible at times and not being so reactive as we have been in the past as Orient fans. Although we do have a unicorn cake looking at us, so maybe, a bit, a, bit maybe a bit happy clappy somewhere. There you go. O's fan basing said, good comeback to be fair, deserved at least a point. Just start harassing and fighting from the start next time you might want to tell people why there's a unicorn cake there it's not for our tea break no it's, a, it's my daughter's fifth birthday tomorrow right. so you might have noticed it's it, not some Matt, weird thing the first five minutes I wasn't in the Matt Hiscock interview because I was collecting <laughs> cakes and balloons in through our front door <laughs> Gary Talbot 7 no, Les. says Les LK 52 says we think we rushed Coulson back too early and hope it doesn't cost us long term need experience at the back if Josh is out for any length of time Les great, great point yeah great at point. Gary Talbot 7 said Davis has been unlucky with injuries if the defence can be tight and this could be a turning point top spot churns every week tight league that is a that is a bang on tweet very good at the jam coast is lucky not to have conceded more in the first half hour we barely touched the ball but decent result in the end with a hard earned point good point fight back is what we'll need in this league we have to be prepared to fight all the way through this season says Alan McClar one yeah Emo Havering says we showed a lot of heart and never say the attitude to come from behind but obviously we still need to sort the defensive errors out Charlie underscore Paul said, fantastic character showed by the players. Always impressive to come back from 2-0 down. Interested to see who the new players are. Yeah, so are we. And keep your eyes on our social media because as soon as we know, you will know. And the final word this week goes to at Derby507. He says, our first goal from them was a worldie. Second goal was a slip. But we were second best in the first half. But we should have equalised at the end. We deserved to. And we bossed the second half. And also, Christian, happy 20th to George, who I think is his son. Or someone, so happy birthday! Another birthday shout out. This yep. is the shout out episode. So, yeah, let us know if you agree with any of those views or you disagree. Let us know. Contact us on Twitter at Orient Outlook, on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast, or on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast, or by a good old fashioned email, Orient at Outlook.com, or on anything really, not just about those tweets, on anything we've mentioned in the podcast so far. Yeah, Orient Outlook at Outlook.com is our email address. Prediction League update Les LK52, SMTH Jack7, Nice Shot Steve, PM31970, Bill Fleet Heat, Julian Cabby03, Stephen Orient, Jack Coates14. Paul Wee underscore UK. Kudos to you all because you predicted uh, 2-2, which means now that Bill Fleet Heat is top of the Prediction League with 11 points. Full table is on our Facebook page, as Steve mentioned a moment ago. Search Orient Outlook Podcast on Facebook and you will see the Prediction League that's been updated. Thank you to everybody that predicted. We are getting 
dozens and dozens, if not actually in the hundreds. Well over a hundred again today. Um, it's terrific. It's great. Um, good luck for next week. We do that tweet at midday every uh, Saturday home game where we kick off at three o'clock. So plenty of time to get your your predictions in and away games as well. Oh, out. sorry, yeah, every every Saturday game, every yeah, game every we game. do. Every game, there's always a prediction tweet that goes out. So, thanks for football update. We'd love to update you, but our table hasn't updated yet as we record on this Saturday night. So, good luck for the week, and we'll have an update for you next week's show. Indeed, we will. Positives and negatives, then, as we round up the rest of this podcast. The positives this week, we've made a comeback from 2-0 down, yeah, which, very is, good. which is a, a real credit to the team. Really and impressed by that. Another point that we've gained, which is great. And a yeah, decent, I mean, but like we keep to, saying, every yeah. podcast, or every year, the difference between going up or getting in the playoffs could be one point. So we might look back at this point in May when we were in the playoffs and go, that point was vital. So, yeah. yeah, great point. Absolutely. Um, so also, the, the away following again, taking over 560 yeah. fans away. I know it's not exactly a million miles away, but nonetheless, it's a... It's still a, a bit of a trek, and I think there were some motorway issues as well. Somewhere yeah, there was. So, there well was. so also negatives this week. Uh, only got two. So first of all, it's conceding too easily. So you know, having seen the goal, it's very disappointing to concede like we did. Um, but hopefully, they can address that on the training pitch. And the second one is just the injury list this week. So that's the only two negatives we got. So we move on to Hero of the Week. And we're going to give you a clue with this song from The Four Tops. See if you can work it out before we <laughs> announce it. Romy Boko. Down in Romy Boko. Right, so yeah. you realise who it is, so well done. Romy Boko. Yeah, well done, son. Took your goal very nicely. Had so. a cuffed up again. Tough, tough couple of games he did um, but he's come <laughs> on and he scored to get us a point away uh, at uh, Aldershot so next week's fixtures then just the one fixture coming up for the O's next week as we entertain AFC Fylde uh, who are 20th in the National League after losing 2-1 at home to Woking and don't worry we won't be singing that we leave that to the boys over at E10 Mess so that's it it's a quite easy week off the pitch as we grab the loan signing off Swindon also launched a third kit and we learned that George Elikobi would be out for longer than expected whilst on the pitch another performance that has tested our squad depth and having got two goals behind the team showed its fighting character to come back and leave top of the table all the shot with a point and to be fair the game could have gone either way so credit to Steve and Ross for changing things up and you know, credit to the boys on the pitch for fighting back and getting the point so thanks for joining us for episode 116 we'll be back with episode 117 on Sunday, the 1st of October. Oh, October already, yeah, mate. marching away. All the information and views that you could ever need. Yep, if you're listening on iTunes, so please subscribe, give our podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in and Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. If you have an older relative, friend or loved one who you think will enjoy the podcast or wants to be kept up to date with... Uh, with the Orient, grab their phone, grab their computer or mobile device, download it for them, help them out, please. Thank you very much. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, have a great week. Keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.